everyone, it's producer Jenna here. The episode you're about to hear is the first in a series of interviews that we recorded at Poetry Weekend in Fredericton on October 6th. We were able to sit down with a whopping 12 poets that day, so these episodes are going to continue to come out over the course of the next few months, and we really can't wait uh, for you to hear them all. Thanks so much for listening. Alan Ampersand is recorded on the traditional and unceded territories of the Well and the Mi'kmaq. Hi, I'm Jenna Albert. And I'm Rebecca Salazar. And this is Alman Ampersand, a poetry podcast based in Fredericton, New Brunswick. So we are here at Poetry Weekend. It is October 6th right now. Uh, and we are in Memorial Hall, so not in Jenna's living room. There is no podcat today, but we promise there will be more podcat content to come. We do have some poets lounging on blankets on the floor. Lots of pillows and tea and snacks. The whole Poetry Weekend Survival Kit. Yeah. And currently at the mic, we have Anique McCaskill. Hello. Yeah. Welcome to Poetry Weekend and Elman Ampersand. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for this weekend, too. Yeah, so you're the first of our mini interviews this weekend, so you get to try this out. Yes. You are guinea pig. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Anique McCaskill. I'm a poet and translator. I currently live in Halifax, um, which was originally called Chibuktuk. It's on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Mi'kmaq. Yeah, that's where I live and work. Mm -hmm. And you have your first book out with you here at Poetry Weekend. Yes, so I'm still reading. My first book came out last year with Gasparo. It's called Mm -hmm. No Meeting Without Body. And that's what I was reading from this weekend. And soon, a new collection with Gasparo to come in the spring. Was that correct? That's right, April 2020. Do you have a title yet? Yes, but I'm hesitant to share it because I had a title for this book and then my publisher suggested I change it. And so <laughs> you never yeah. know what's going to happen. So yes, I have a title for the new book, but it might change. So I'll maybe just keep that to myself for now. Mystery title to be announced. Mystery yeah. title. <laughs> Mystery poems. Oh, we'll have to have you back on once you have the yes. new collection. I love that. Thank you. So sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So shall we move into poems? Yes. Okay. I'll read one poem from the collection. It's a prose poem. I don't write a lot of prose poems. It's called Chloe and Olivia, and I wrote it in response to a passage in Virginia Woolf's uh, A Room of One's Own, Mm -hmm. in which Virginia Woolf is thinking about women writers, and she imagines a fictional woman writer, Mary Carmichael, who would write about a relationship between women that was more than superficial. And so the imaginary Mary Carmichael, imagined by Virginia Woolf, writes a novel about two women, Chloe and Olivia, who work in a lab together. So my poem is called Chloe and Olivia. Chloe likes Olivia. Chloe likes Olivia's perfect swimmer's shoulders. Chloe likes her spare period with Olivia when they sit side by side and memorize trigonometric functions. Chloe likes the way Olivia plays the guitar. Chloe likes it when they drive around in Olivia's car and get milkshakes. Chloe likes it when Olivia talks about the hot guys she likes from track. Chloe likes picking out videos to rent with Olivia, and she likes how they have to argue for 45 minutes before they can make a decision. Chloe likes it when Olivia gets serious and puts on pantyhose. Chloe likes the smell of Olivia's tinted chapstick. Chloe likes it when they waste time at the drugstore after school trying on chapstick and Calgon body spray but never buying anything. Chloe wants to close the deal with Olivia. 
Chloe likes Saturday afternoons when Olivia comes over and makes fun of the treehouse that's still up in Chloe's backyard. Chloe likes going to school dances with Olivia on Fridays, standing against the sweaty gym wall and frowning at the couples who actually slow dance. Chloe likes Olivia to call her in the summer when she's away at her grandmother's and tell her about the gross things her grandmother makes her eat. Chloe likes it when Olivia's back in town at the end of the summer and she has someone to talk to four times a day. Chloe likes it when Olivia smiles a smile like a smile just for her. Mm. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. That was gorgeous. Thank you. So at this point, we're going to move into the dumpster dive, which is the silly, trashy... Things you should be ashamed of, but also shouldn't be ashamed of because shame is a useless emotion. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll ask you to pick a dumpster dive question. This from is the so fun. This is a great idea. Box. I have to yeah. say. This is the first time we're doing this with a shoebox. Okay. Thought about bringing a hat, but then I wore it. <laughs> <laughs> what is your go-to writing snack? Ooh, that's a good one. I mean, I have like 40. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I guess I do the thing when sometimes I have frustration, I reach for something. And sometimes if I'm very lucky, it's something relatively salubrious, like dried apple slices mm, or something. Okay. But yeah. often it's really into the popcorn right now, really into the smart food, which yes. I never understood. <laughs> But I am a white woman, so it is kind of like my cultural touchstone. <laughs> it's like yogurt and smart food and chicken breast. And I don't eat chicken breast or yogurt, so it's good that I have smart food. Yeah. Do you, I, I, I have to ask if you happily eat salad while laughing. <laughs> <laughs> that really took me a second. Uh, do I happily eat salad while laughing? That sounds super challenging. Mm. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> I sometimes if it's a good salad with like beets on it, that's cool. I might be smiling, sort of. Around the <laughs> Not roughage. like stock image level. <laughs> uh, I doubt anyone actually does that. <laughs> I should be so lucky. We're going to have you pick a second question. Okay. Which beer cocktail mocktail tea goes with your poetry? Ooh. Okay. I drink this is gonna sound terrible. I drink a fair bit of vodka. Mm. Straight, but I do sip it. So I don't, it's not, whenever you tell people, <laughs> whenever you're at a bar and people are like, I'm going to get a pint, what are you getting? And, and you say vodka, you get this kind of alarmed look, which is, <laughs> I can understand. But I actually do sip it and I don't know, I didn't plan this, not to sound like super into our region or anything, but Atlantic <laughs> Canada does have some very nice vodka, mm. I gotta say. I don't know what it is about <laughs> Atlantic Canada, but in Nova Scotia we have this vodka called ironworks from lunenburg on the south shore mm. and they make it out of apples and it's delicious and mm. even iceberg from newfoundland yes this is also where like my cheapness is about to come out iceberg is a very affordable vodka <laughs> <laughs> and quite tasty i really like it so and i don't know why they rebranded which was really smart because they had this terrible this terrible i don't know where these thoughts are coming from but they had this really <laughs> terrible poorly drawn iceberg on their on their bottle and i always said and my partner can attest to this probably about six times a day i would be like you know if they just rebranded everything in the world would be right um, <laughs> and they did eventually so i guess i talked about it loudly enough <laughs> over in halifax that they heard me in newfoundland do you feel like vodka has something particularly in common with your mm. writing oh yes that's a okay yeah well <laughs> <laughs> that was just a long 
uh, rant about vodka. Um, <laughs> I do have a poem called Iceberg, mm. which is about Zelda Sarah Fitzgerald. Mm. So um, whatever is face Fitzgerald's wife, who was a writer herself. And she wrote this really intriguing story called Iceberg when she was 17. And I guess it was lost to history. And then the New Yorker reprinted it about four or five years ago. And I read this story. And it's really quite, look it up, New Yorker, it's online, Iceberg by Zelda Fitzgerald, beautiful short story. And I wrote a poem about her in response to that. So if you can, you know, go on the New Yorker website, download that story, get yourself some Newfoundland iceberg (laughs) vodka and just sit back. The poem mentions bourbon, so maybe I should have said bourbon. Both you fun. can't plan these things, can you? <laughs> <laughs> Why not both? Why not both? Yeah. Uh, don't mix. Moves? Don't please yeah. don't mix them. Please don't mix them. <laughs> Otherwise, there's. I think I mentioned vodka a couple times in the next collection too. Okay. So maybe vodka is actually an okay pairing with my poetry. Mm-hmm. Where can oh. people find you on the internet and your books also? And books, please. <laughs> oh yes. Well, my books, independent bookstores, of course. So if you're in New Brunswick, um, check out your local independent bookstore. Uh, anywhere else in Canada probably can get my book easily enough from Gaspro if they don't have it on the shelves. Otherwise, gaspro.com, and it is an indigo in places like that. I'm on social media on Twitter at this is Anique, so T-H-I-S-I-S-A-N-N-I-C-K, and I am probably talking about vodka on Twitter as I speak. <laughs> yes! If that's even possible. On brand. On brand. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you both. Thanks. So we have our second guest in the... I guess the chair doesn't really have a theme. It's a blanketed chair. A comfy scarf chair. Comfy scarf chair. Welcome. Hi. Well, thank you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yeah. So can you introduce yourself for the audience? My name is Nolan Natasha. I'm a poet and writer of, uh, I suppose, other things as well. Um, and I live in um, Chibokta, Halifax. Yeah. And that's me. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what else. Nothing needs more to be said. That's it. This isn't your first poetry weekend, is it? It is not my first poetry weekend. I was lucky enough to be here two years ago. Mm. Um, I had a great time. And it's exciting to be here with, uh, <coughs> with a new book. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Also, your thanks book so just much. Came out. It's so it's so exciting. Yeah. I'm still not. I'm still getting used to holding it in my hands. Yeah. When did it come out? On the first of the month, so October first. Oh, yeah. congratulations! Yeah, so you. your book is literally five days old. It's five days old. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Still a baby. Yeah. Still a baby. <laughs> just and like that's me. from which publisher? <laughs> from Invisible. Invisible. Ah, excellent. Yeah. yeah. So I'll yeah. have you read a poem. Sure thing. The book is called "I Can Hear You." Can you hear me? And this poem is called "Divining." Just when you think you know the color of the sky, you see the way it talks to the mountain. And then there are more shades of gray and blue in the windshield than stones in the sea, and you realize you know nothing. That knowing is nothing. That naming the colors is good craft, but futile because you can't even say what you feel. And you can touch the gear shift, but not her leg. So... You look at the colors and say, wow, look at that. Isn't that something else? And she tries to name the colors too and does much better than you. But because you aren't listening as hard as you're breathing, you won't remember what she said. But you will still see the colors and you will still feel your hand that is not on her leg. 
Nolan also read that poem during Poetry Weekend, and it was just as beautiful hearing it again. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing, and the new collection is stunning. The cover is just amazing. It's like two talk radios. Yeah, like two little walkie-talkies. Yeah, I feel very, very lucky. I feel like the cover is like, it's exactly what I imagined or hoped for. Like the feeling is exactly mm. what I imagined and hoped for, and then it even looks even better than I could have, I mean, obviously, than yeah. I could have ever put together myself, so. Yeah, they did a great job. Warning, this episode of the podcast will just make everyone want to go buy many, many poetry books. Too many poetry books. That's great. No, that's, that is the that's curse of Poetry Weekend is um, <laughs> your wallet will feel it. That's true. That's true. Because <laughs> there are too many great books. But your soul will be full. That's true. <laughs> so our next step is to get you to choose questions from the dumpster dive box. I'm very excited and very nervous. It's I can't not wait. an actual dumpster. We didn't want our guests to feel... Yeah, that <laughs> might be a strategy for next time. We'll figure Maybe something out. <laughs> Fashion and or poetry wise, which poet style would you love to steal? Ooh. Oh no. <laughs> what you Anique can't is see. already <laughs> pointing at herself very enthusiastically. Anique McCaskill is waving, um, <laughs> waving furiously in the background, and I could certainly do worse. Um, Man, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, I don't know when I think about poets. Like, do I think of their style? Like, is that immediately comes to mind? I mean, I sort of love Sukhoyette's style. But, can I mean, you, I don't know describe? that I can pull off yeah. Sukhoyette's style necessarily. <laughs> and, I, like, I did really always love um, the very severe floor-length skirts uh, that Jan Zwicky mm. would wear when she would pass through town. Oh, I was yeah. really into that. But, again, I don't think I can pull off, a, like, a flat floor-length. Who, like, I don't know. Um, this is a terrible answer. I really, I'm, I'm gonna just say Andy Verboom. <laughs> <laughs> Andy is in the room cheering. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna go with. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna go. I, my answer, I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah, Andy has also been sitting at a piano in the room. We're in a music room in Mem Hall, and he's been like lounging by the piano, looking like he plays. <laughs> Future author photo. It's a great look. <laughs> Yeah, so mine next. is uh, Billy Ray Belcour. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's everything good. Billy Ray Belcour wears. Yeah, him and Joshua Whitehead are both oh my incredible goodness. fashion people. Not even getting into Ariel Twist and Jay Simpson. like. Oh, my God, yeah. The like whole like two-spirit coven of oh. amazingness that's going on over there. Indigenous yeah. excellence. <laughs> style icons. I know I'm going to drive away and somebody's going to pop into my head and I'm going to think, you know. <laughs> But I mean, I mean, they, how could they? I mean, no, of course I wouldn't be changing my answer. <laughs> and his face, I love it. <laughs> Me drawing a fashion question is just, it's not, it's not really fair. It's really not, it's not fair. Okay, here we go. As an emerging writer, describe the cave you were emerging from. <laughs> this feels conceptual. I feel like I could take this in a few ways. Describe the cave. Well, it probably looks an awful lot like a small queer bar um, on Queen Street in Toronto. That was part part of the cave that I'm emerging from. That my 30s, that's the cave that my 30s emerged from. Um, But I suppose I'm nearing the end of that now. Uh, Yeah, I feel like like so much of my poetry comes comes from like a queer childhood and a queer early adulthood and the sort of... Yeah, the the like the community that that I found in that time, and also I think the many very beautiful, wonderful relationships that I've been blessed with. Like they, and I mean relationships in the grand sense of like long, serious relationships, but also the like 
small connections that I found. So, so I mean, a cave, if, is a cave very filled with people? It's a cave full of people that I'm emerging from that I was very, very blessed to um, be influenced by. So mm, I would say wonderful. that it was a, just a very crowded cave and a very gay cave. Um, and and it was it was good good time in there. The and I miss it sometimes. Case. That sounds like a fantastic place to like <laughs> hide back in when the world gets too much. Yeah. Well, and also my fashion, going back to fashion, <laughs> was it, without it. I mean, without the cat, would be it would be a disaster. What you see before you <laughs> on the very first date that I ever went on, that w- I wore quick dry pants and uh, like very battered up like root sweatshirt that was like turquoise with like a little tiny zip. It was bad. It was like the worst root sweatshirt that they ever designed. <laughs> that was the one I picked on my seventeenth birthday. Was like my so I, it was bad. It was and then I over the course of time, a few people making some gentle suggestions. I got to the point where I could just like put jeans and a t-shirt on in a way that wasn't a disaster. So <laughs> it's it's difficult. It's hard. Mm, it takes really time. Difficult. It takes time. <laughs> also, Nolan is also rocking blendstones. I oh. heard there was quite a disappointment over not enough blendstones in Fredericton during poetry <laughs> weekend. I wore mine today explicitly for <laughs> There is also I don't know whose pair that is just sitting behind an eco game. Yeah. I was very late to the party on Blundstones. I always wanted them, but I just never got around to buying them. And now I just don't know. I was so happy when it got cold and I had shoes that I could just pull on again. And I never had to, I don't have to deal with laces again until the summer. Yeah. This is not sponsored by Blundstone, but if they would like to sponsor us, that would be great. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're like a weirdly ubiquitous, like, I feel like Fredericton has two seasons, Birkenstock season and Blundstone season. Mm. And like, there's not yes. really an in-between because... People just like immediately switch to cold weather. <laughs> yeah, no, I um I w- went to a Christmas party this year and in in um, Nova Scotia and there was no word of a lie, like thirty pairs of Blundstones at the door and <laughs> yeah. nothing else. Literally every That's yoga amazing. studio in Fredericton is like oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. We all went home with the same pair. I mean, I you may want to start sewing your initials into your Blundstones. <laughs> Nolan, where can fans of the podcast and of you find you on social media? Well, I am on uh, Twitter. I'm very bad at Twitter, and I don't have a lot of Twitter followers, so please follow me on Twitter, uh, <laughs> Nolan Natasha. And then also I have a website, nolannatasha.com, and my books are available from independent bookstores. And my books, my multiple copies of the same book <laughs> from, <laughs> from independent bookstores, and, um, and also from the Invisible website. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Elman Amberson is produced and edited by Jenna Knorr. Additional music is provided by Adam Washburn. Special thanks to this week's guests, Anik McCaskill and Nolan Natasha. Elman Amberson is hosted by Jenna Lynn Albert and Rebecca Salazar. This show is made possible thanks to the City of Fredericton.